Elizabeth felt it was pointless to attempt to engage the taciturn Mr. Darcy in conversation, as he seemed reluctant to speak. Perhaps she was only a source of amusement to him, an anecdote he would share with his friends in London. She imagined that, with some embellishment on his part, the tale of the clumsy country lass bumping into him at the dress shop might make for a bit of entertainment among his society acquaintances. It was clear he came from wealth and was accustomed to a finer lifestyle. They had nothing in common, and there appeared to be little way to get to know him better. His attraction to her, if that were what it was, would end when he left Hertfordshire. She might never see him again, for this might very well be the last dance she attended in Meryton if her plan to escape her mother succeeded. Her mind raced like a bunny fleeing from a hawk, for she saw through her mother's ruse. Mrs. Bennet had no inclination to relinquish control of Longbourn after her father's demise. If Elizabeth accepted Mr. Collins, she would forever be her mother's daughter living in her mother's house, and never mistress of her own. Knowing her mother would persist in her attempts to force her to marry Mr. Collins, Elizabeth conceived of a plan. She would prevail upon Aunt Gardner to allow her to reside with the Gardner family in London. Perhaps she could act as governess to her cousins, anything to get away from a forced marriage to a stranger. The more Elizabeth thought about her life in the city, the more she thought it could be the answer to finding happiness. London would provide more opportunities to meet a gentleman of her status. She would meet her future husband at one of the many social functions. He would reveal his nature to her gradually, and in time they would come to love one another. Elizabeth sincerely believed that marriage was not something to be entered into hastily, and certainly not under maternal intimidations. She simply refused to be manipulated by guilt, for the survival of her family should not rest on her shoulders alone. Secure in her conviction that true love does not arrive out of the blue, but comes over time, she cast her concerns aside and put her mind to dancing. Oh, enjoy the moment! Perhaps she might coax Mr. Darcy into conversation, for one must speak a little. It would look odd to be silent for the entire set. Darcy and Elizabeth now stood facing one another. She took into account his soulful puppy-dog eyes and the odd longing she saw there. His vulnerable countenance, combined with his regal bearing, made for an interesting combination. Perhaps he was worthy of a bit more examination. You do know it is impolite to remain completely silent during a dance. How can I assess your character if you refuse to communicate? she quipped. Perhaps I am merely enjoying looking at you, he said. In that dress, you remind me of my favorite lake on the grounds of my home. I swim there often, Darcy said. Oh, why did I say that? Have I completely lost my mind? Will she misinterpret my meaning? He felt his face grow hot. In the next pass, he said, I hope I did not offend you. It is a lovely lake. I would say the rich can afford to give offence, but you have not offended me. 
I should have to visit the lake to make that determination. Oh, goodness, did I just ask for an invitation to his estate? Elizabeth turned a crimson red to Darcy's scarlet. She could not help but notice that the rhythm of their speech matched the flawless way they came together as they danced. Experiencing a jumble of confusion, Elizabeth thought it best to cease trying to converse. The rest of the dance was completed in silence, each partner wearing what Elizabeth would later describe to Jane as a silly smile. Uh, She would add that Darcy continued to stare at her as if she were an odd piece in a curio shop. Feeling the tingles that ran from Darcy's hand, she allowed him to hold hers as he escorted her to the spot where Mrs. Bennet had abandoned them.